Hi, and welcome to this podcast series, This PhD Thinks, with me, Jovina Ang. I'm here to talk to the PhD community. Talking to these individuals have challenged me, made me think differently, and helped me grow as a leader and a person. And I hope you'll be able to take away a thing or two from the conversations with my guests. Seeing that problem from the intersection. So in other words, looking for that intersection first, looking for where the commonalities are, what the shared vision is, what the shared goals are, and then working from that space and saying, what can I bring to this collaboration based on what we see in common? Hello, everyone. My guest for this episode is Jim Woodell. Jim is the founder of Venn Collaborative, and he consults with universities and their partners, as well as a former dean of a community college. Thank you, Jim, for being a guest on the podcast. I know how busy you are, and I really appreciate you dedicating time for recording this. Well, Jovina, I absolutely appreciate you, and it's, I'm very grateful to be here. Well, Jim, you called your company Venn Collaborative. You know, quite honestly, when I think of a Venn diagram, it brings me back to my math class in school. So what is your fascination with the Venn that you've decided to call your business Venn Collaborative? Well, this is great. It's funny because I was never very good at math. <laughs> so it's funny that I would it's funny that I would name my company after some sort of mathematical concept. But um, where it comes from is actually the the Venn diagram that I use, and the, the reason I call it Venn Collaborative is that I base it on a framework that I created when I worked with hundreds of universities across the U.S. as part of my job at the Association of Public and Land Grant Universities (APLU). And in that job, we created a framework uh, called the Economic Engagement Framework for universities in which we talked about universities contributing to regional community and economic impact through talent, innovation, and place. And so we drew those three circles as a Venn diagram to say that the power in universities, in communities, in the economy happens at the intersections of those things. It's not just being a driver for talent and workforce development. It's not just supporting innovation and entrepreneurship. And it's not just creating great places to work and live. It's actually the intersections of those, all of those activities. Now, since then, I've just come to love the idea of intersections. I am a boundary spanner. I am somebody who throughout my career has sought to sort of bridge boundaries, to cross them, to find the uh, boundaries and see where they can become more porous. I'm very interested in creating connections where people aren't seeing them. And so the event diagram represents not just sort of those practical ideas about talent innovation in place, but it also represents for me, the idea of something I call boundaryless collaboration that if we look for those boundaries, we figure out how to make them more porous. Sometimes we cross them, sometimes we bridge them. Sometimes we just push them together more to create a bigger intersection. We create more effective collaboration and then the outcomes that we're seeking are improved. Right, right. Could you tell us a bit more in terms of that boundaryless collaboration? Because 
the world is very fluid today and it's so global. And how do we apply that to work? Yeah. So first of all, I love the phrase boundaryless collaboration, but at the same time, it's a little bit of a misnomer because the idea is not that you're getting rid of boundaries. You, we can't get rid of boundaries. They they exist for a reason. We create boundaries to create safety. Uh, we create boundaries to make communication more clear. There's lots of reasons why we have boundaries and those are important. It's more about recognizing boundaries, understanding why they exist, and then figuring out where they can and cannot become more porous, where they can and not be uh, expanded. Um, You know, it's, it's about really exploring them, kind of pushing on them to see what's possible. So, how we apply it is, I think it's about understanding the challenge that you face, whatever that is. If it's a business problem, if it's a, a problem where you're trying to collaborate, which is the kinds of problems that I work on when I'm helping universities communicate with, collaborate better with their partners, seeing that problem from the intersection. So in right. other words, looking for that intersection first, looking for where the commonalities are, what the shared vision is, what the shared goals are, and then working from that space and saying, what can I bring to this collaboration based on what we see in common? Because I think what happens most often is that we come with our own personal worldview. Of course we do. We're human beings. That's what we bring to the table is the way we see the world. But I think if we spend a little bit of extra time on the front end, kind of saying, well, let's Let's figure out what's common about, you know, the way Jovina sees the world mm-hmm. and the way that Jim sees it. Right. And then we can kind of start with a question. We can frame the problem in a way that we both see the value in solving the problem. And then we bring our own personal assets to that. So in, in, in some ways, it's like finding that shared vision from both parties. That's right. It's sh- shared vision, shared goals. And it's about the shared part, whether it's the vision or the kind of what is it that we have in common? And it could be a vision. Sometimes shared vision comes later, frankly. Sometimes it's not easy to identify that right away, right? Right. But the important thing is to find out, you know, um, I talk a lot in my work about empathy and understanding the other or seeing things from the other's perspective as best as we can. Because when we can do that, then we can actually kind of enter that space of intersection. We can enter that space of uh, shared. Um, And then we start to see what the things are that we share. What do we have in common? Whether it's the goals that we have, or it's the, the kinds of contributions we want to make. Again, shared vision might come a little later. Sometimes it's very clear from the very beginning, but the, the focus on the word shared is really important. Right, right. So this Venn approach basically helps people to look at the shared aspects of both parties. And in some ways, it also helps to drive collaboration, like what you were telling me about earlier. So what are some other lessons that we can adopt from looking at the Venn and collaboration and looking at everything shared, what else do you think we can get out of this perspective for our work? 
So the other ways I think, uh, or a couple of other ways that I think uh, kind of a Venn perspective on collaboration in particular is very helpful is that it doesn't destroy the unique assets that you bring. In other words, it's not only about the intersection. It's not just about the place where you have those commonalities. It's also really understanding sort of that the circle of the Venn that you are in, right? I'm not saying that you don't bring that to the table. You absolutely do bring that to the table, even the things that you don't have in common. In fact, those become assets that become very, very critical and and helpful in a partnership. So I think that that's an important part of it too, is that it's not just about the intersection. It's about seeing the whole Venn diagram and understanding both the intersections as well as the unique uh, aspects of each part of the Venn diagram. I really like what you just said, because when I look at at myself, I then can use the Venn diagram to basically highlight what my unique proposition is, but as well as what are the shared or collaborative aspects that I can offer to the other party. So I really like how you described it. I never looked at the Venn in that from that perspective before. So I really like that. Well, and what I like about what you just said is this idea of looking at ourselves and our own Venn diagram, right? So when you don't, when you draw the Venn diagram just about you, uh, and we have a, a place on our Venn community where we invite community members to introduce themselves with a Venn diagram, show your Venn diagram, what does it look like? And people are people then kind of think about what the characteristics are that they bring to the table or the different perspectives that they bring. And then they think about what happens when those perspectives or characteristics intersect and what kind of value does that create that they can bring to the world, right? And so that's really another really cool way of using the Venn diagram is just thinking about what's the Venn diagram of me and or my organization? Where do we exist? And what does that mean about how we interact in the world? Um, So that can be a really valuable exercise as well. It is. It is because it will also help us to really identify what our key strengths are uh, in terms of what unique proposition we bring to the table, but also at the same time, how how we contribute as a team to the organization. I really like that. And I've not thought about it from that perspective before. Um, so let me just turn it to you, Jim. What What is your Venn then? Because I think we it'd be good for me to also to know more about you in terms of how you describe yourself as a Venn. So when I, when I did it, I was trying to think about what contribution can I make? What's the most valuable contribution that I can make through the work uh, that I am, am trying to do with universities and with professionals at universities, trying to figure out the space of collaboration and partnership. And so my three, I have three circles in my Venn diagram. Some people create these very complex Venn diagrams with many, many circles. Three feels good to me. It's easy to kind of, um, and it creates a sort of uh, constraint actually that I think Uh, foster some level of creativity, right? If you can only have three circles, what would they be? My three circles are learn, guide, and do. I love to learn. And so when I work with others, it becomes about me learning about them and me 
helping them learn about what they want to learn about. Uh, and then that sort of can shift into guiding. So I love to kind of help people kind of see the way, right? Like to kind of say, let's pull out a roadmap and figure out where we're going to go, which turns we're going to take, or let's pull out a blank piece of paper and draw that roadmap. I, I love to do that work with people to think about how do we go from A to B? And then finally, I love to do it, right? Like to say, okay, like, how do we make this happen now? How do we get from point A to point B? What are the steps along the way? So at the intersections of, for example, learn and guide, I think of myself as a strategizer, right? Because strategizing is all about kind of taking it all in and then turning that into useful information for moving forward. Mm-hmm. So at the intersection of learn and guide is Jim, the strategizer at the intersection of guide and do is Jim, the problem solver, right? Because mm-hmm. when I'm guiding and I'm doing along with the person, um, we're problem solving. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're trying things out. We're seeing what works, trying something else if that doesn't work and so forth. And then at the intersection of learn and do is Jim as the thought and action leader, right? I'm learning mm-hmm. and uh, and then I'm showing people how to take those learnings and and I'm by example, applying them so that people can kind of see um, how that uh, makes a difference. And then finally, the intersection of all three of those circles, learn, guide, and do is Jim the convener. Uh, mm. I see myself as a convener. I see myself as the biggest contribution I can make is bring people together. In particular, people who might not come together otherwise, you might not see an opportunity in coming together. I convene people to look at the possibilities, identify opportunities, and to start to pursue them. And I get a lot of energy out of that kind of work. And I think I'm I'm good at it. People enjoy getting together with me and moving things forward. So that's my Venn diagram. What's yours, Jovina? I actually, I don't know because I haven't (laughs) thought about it. At the top of my head, I'm definitely a learner. I'm also a doer. And I would say that I'm also a connector because I'm able to bring people together. But in terms of what those words mean in the intersection, I haven't really thought about it. Well, that's where the real excitement comes, right? Is thinking about what happens when these two things come together. And that to me, you know, what you just said is I haven't really thought about it. Most people don't. Most people don't think about those intersections. We create these kind of lists of who we are or who our organization is or what we want out of the partnership. But we don't then take those things and say, what happens when these two things come together? What happens at the intersections of them? So I'm looking forward to getting an email from you with an attachment of your Venn of your Venn diagram when you get that thinking done. I'll definitely spend some time reflecting on it. So it's definitely an exercise that's worth doing. And and finally, Jim, what is one key takeaway you want to leave behind for the listeners? Exploring boundaries to me, understanding boundaries, and then being able to work with those boundaries. In other words, think about whether they can be expanded, made more porous, whatever. It all begins with understanding the other. And it begins with sort of an empathy, right? You need to put yourself in that other 
person's circle before you can get to the intersection. You need to kind of get there. And that really means listening. You, you have to listen. You have to like listen more than just kind of me sitting here and hearing the words that you're saying and even taking them in. Listening is deeper than that. Listening is feeling. It's getting to the place where you can actually kind of sense, you know, when you learn another language, they say that you're not really learning that language until you're thinking in that language. You know, listening and getting to know the other and understanding so that you can get to the point where you can look at the boundaries and understand how to work with those boundaries. It's getting to the point where you can think like them, like you can think like your partner. And I think it's a, it's a tough task. It's not easy to do. And so I think that's the key, the key takeaway. This Venn diagram is pretty simple idea, right? I have a few different sets of things and then I bring them together and I can see where the intersections are, but it's not simple. It's actually really, really complicated. And the Venn diagram is just a simple way of seeing it. It gives you an entry point for thinking about it, but there's a lot of work to be done. And that work starts with listening. Well, thank you so much, Jim. This has been a very enlightening conversation and I do have some homework to do. So I really thank you. And thank you for being on the podcast too. Thank you so much for inviting me, Jovina. I enjoyed not just talking with you, but getting to learn a little bit more about you and looking forward to learning even more. Thank you for tuning in to this PhD Thinks with me, Jovina Ang. Till next time. Bye-bye now.